So I think uh, we're live. We're here for our next medicine and music hey. broadcast. <laughs> hey, hey, Jonathan. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, Jerome. Hey. How you doing, Dr. Marlin? Hey, Jerome. Good, on, good, good. So, um, no, it's really exciting to be here. As you can say, I'm, I'm donning my, my school colors, Northwestern. Oh. They, they haven't been doing as, as good this year as they, as they did last year, but I'm still hopeful, you know, so. Okay. <laughs> Keep hoping I, I'd like, right? Yeah, I'd like to see them play Ohio State uh, this year, but unfortunately, uh, you know, not on the schedule. I don't know if that's a good idea, Doc. <laughs> well, well, Ohio State, I don't know. They haven't been doing so well themselves, you know. Well, this, yeah, this may be the year to catch the slipper, you know? Well, it's, yeah, it's possible. So I'm Dr. Charles Maudlin, and again, uh, we're here for another rendition of our, med our music and medicine uh, show. And this is a very important opportunity um, platform for us to talk a little medicine while we enjoy uh, some music as well. Everybody likes music, it's the common language. And one of our topics uh, tonight is going to be on sickle cell anemia, sickle cell disease, sickle cell trait. This is National Sickle Cell Month, uh, the month of September. So we thought it was a very important topic that we um, dedicate some time to discussing this. Um, I'm joined by Jonathan Branch and Jerome Brown. Why don't you uh, gentlemen just uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves? Well, my name is Jonathan Branch. I am an RN, and I work at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. Been an RN for about uh, about thirty some years now. Deal mainly with cardiac patients um, at this time, but but I'm uh, trained primarily as a uh, as an ICU nurse. So that's basically me in a nutshell. Um, yeah. How long have you uh, been there again? I've, I've been at Walter Reed for, um, for about 20 years. About 20, 20 years? Okay. Yeah. So you have about 20, 20 more years to go. Yeah. <laughs> Just about. Just about. Yeah. And, uh, well, I started there on active duty. I started there in the Army active duty. So, spent the rest of the time there. Um, so, Jerome, uh, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm a young guy that's um, a very ambitious young man, entrepreneur, um, philanthropist in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Care dearly about the people, and uh, someday I hope to become the mayor of Cleveland. We're going to see how that goes, but All right. for now, uh, Dr. Modlin, it's an honor and pleasure to work with you on this platform. And uh, Jonathan, you as well. You already know, brother, uh, on this uh, music and medicine platform. We have great things right. coming. The sky's the limit once we get this uh, going where it's supposed to be. Great. Good. So is it too late to throw your name into the hat for this year's uh, Cleveland mayoral election? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we can pull a couple of screens, but um, I don't know if I got that kind of uh, power right now. But, you know, we're going to learn to become the best person that I can become until that time comes, you know, so I have a lot to learn. And uh, that's okay. what uh, working with you guys here is uh, helping in that cause for sure. Uh, right. uh, if Russell was listening, uh, Kay Davis said, send her the link and uh, she's ready to come on in. 
Okay. Okay. Good. So we have a special guest uh, performer, Kay Davis, and uh, she'll be joining us. Um, a nationally renowned uh, recording artist, uh, singer, and, and you know we think the audience is really going to enjoy, you know, uh, her music. And again, you know, the, the 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 format here is for us to listen to some music and have some uh, discussion about some important medical topics. Obviously, front and center on the minds of everybody is the COVID nineteen pandemic. And it seems as if we're having a second surge with the Delta variant. And I'm aware, and we're all aware that there are some other variants also, um, you know, coming down the, uh, the pike, uh, but hopefully it won't be of um, monumental, um, you know, uh, status to where it really is causing another uh, surge. You know, one of the main messages, I, I guess I would say, is that we st we all still need to mitigate. We need to social distance. You know, when we're close proximity to other people, it's advisable to wear a mask. I know there's discussion in terms of whether or not, you know, if you've been vaccinated, do you still need to wear a mask? But what we're finding with this Delta variant is that even individuals who have been vaccinated can still be carriers and they may not be have any symptoms, but they can pass uh, that Delta variant to high risk individuals, elderly individuals, people with a lot of comorbidities um, with diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, kidney disease. And they can pass it along to individuals who have not yet been vaccinated, including children. What we're seeing with this um, current Delta variant is we're seeing a greater incidence of COVID, symptomatic COVID in younger individuals, uh, individuals right. younger than 16 years and younger, 12 years and younger. And so we, we still need to help protect one another. So I know there's some discussion. Um, actually, the um, CDC actually just came out and approved the third dose, the booster. For those of you who have um, received Pfizer, I think um, um, the final approval for Moderna, I, I, I don't believe it's out yet that that final approval for the booster for Moderna and you know, the Johnson and Johnson, the single dose vaccine uh, that has not yet been officially approved um, for you to receive a second dose or, or a booster. Um, but there's research, you know, underway as we speak uh, to determine uh, the effectiveness of the of your of the first uh, set of vaccinations um, and to determine how long those vaccines will afford you protection. So. I mean, th these are the issues, you know, as time goes on, there's going to be more research, more data, and we're going to be more able to definitively, you know, give recommendations. But but for now, we have to um, look at the big picture and, and, and see what is really best for the country, for the nation, for the for the health of the nation. And, and, and I think it, it's important um, that we do mitigate and we, we do... Um, we do these things for the safety, not of only ourselves and our families, but but for others and the nation as a whole. You know, what, what do you think about what are, what are your thoughts, Jonathan? Well, you know, and uh, just as you were talking, I was thinking that this is one of the um, few or maybe one of the first disease modalities that I've seen that the research is going on at uh, at the same time as the as the symptoms, as the uh, as people who are suffering from the um, maladies of the of uh, COVID nineteen and all, 
And it seems, you know, I think some people have been kind of wary of that because they think that the research is the research is going too fast, but and, and the and the um, and they're hesitant with the vaccine because they think that the vaccine has been created um, too fast. But from my experience, it seems that the uh, vaccine and the research has been very effective in uh, in in this uh, in this whole pandemic thing. So. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I mean, that, the, the you know, research is, yeah. yeah, the research has actually demonstrated that these vaccines afford a great deal of protection from individuals actually developing severe symptomatic infection. They actually, in, in many situations, they may not automatically prevent you from getting COVID, but usually right. if Absolutely. you do, it's, it's a mild, it's, it's not to where you're admitted to the hospital right. on a respirator or dying. So, right. um, Right. But again, there, there's much more to learn. And, and that actually is an astute observation of yours, Jonathan, that, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic and the research we're is, in the middle is of ongoing. It, right. Yeah, we're in the and, middle of it. And the you research know. is going. Yeah. You know, in, in other cases, I mean, vaccines are developed to combat, you know, for, for example, uh, new strains of the influenza virus every year. But but we're not in a pandemic state. So. There, there, that research is going on in the background and, and we're not really aware the general public is not really thinking about it on a right. daily basis. Uh, the other thing exactly. I wanted to just kind of relate to the audience is the flu, the influenza is still out there. And the recommendation is that you get your flu vaccine. So uh, in the next couple of days or within the next week or so, I hope to get my flu vaccine. I, I, I get the flu vaccine every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Jonathan, I, I know, and, and Jerome, I, I've heard also, and I'm aware of the fact that um, the frontline healthcare workers, especially the nurses and, and IC workers, EMS workers, you know, they, they've been inundated and many of them are exhausted. And many of them are, you know, I hate to say, I mean, they're retiring early. Many of the frontline nurses and, and EMS workers are retiring earlier. Um, the hospital beds, the ICU beds are, are being saturated. I mean, to, to the point where in, in many hospitals, many of these hospitals are starting to cancel elective surgery. Right. And yeah, Absolutely. And, 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 yeah. and also people um, who may be suffering from cardiac disease, heart disease, are, are foregoing going to the doctor because of the COVID pandemic and um, you know, being afraid to go out and, and, you know, go to the emergency room if they would need it. People are foregoing getting their recommended cancer screenings and, and preventative health checks. And yeah. so, so we do need to band together so that we can end this pandemic because there are other health concerns that we need to be aware of and, and, and address. So, um, so Jerome, any, any thoughts that you might have about COVID, the pandemic and yeah, because I'm speaking from uh, the citizen aspect of uh, you guys are physicians and, and doctors, and the concerns with the public were that, yes, Jonathan, like you said, it was, it was created kind of quick. The case study is right now. It's like real-time studying, and people feel like guinea pigs. Um, but I would say to the public, because I was one of the people that felt that I didn't need it, uh, I was fine. I was healthy. I didn't get sick much. 
but my mom actually told me, she said, what if you're wrong? What if you're just lucky? And I said, you know what, mom, you, you're right. What if I've just been lucky the whole time? And you don't want, this is one thing you don't want to be wrong on because of the, the long-term effects that it has on the body and the short-term effects if you catch it and it's severe. So I couldn't take any chance, man. I had to protect the family and the kids. And I went and got it. I took my mother with me, though. I said, if something happens to me, mom, you're right here with me. You just know I did it for us. You know, so you have to you have to be courageous when it comes to stuff like that, because it is your body and you have a right to feel how you do. But when you look at the overall picture of it, I would say that it's better and it's a better decision to get the shot than not get the shot. The pros outweigh the cons. And you have to trust science. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. So, you know, like I said, this um, is National Sickle Cell Awareness Month. And, and so I, I just, I'm a urologist, I'm a transplant surgeon. I'm not a sickle cell um, expert. I'm not a hematologist, but I'm a physician. So I, I, I wanted to kind of just raise awareness about sickle cell disease its prevalence, especially in, in the black community and things that we as a community at large can do about it. So, so the facts, um, and, and this uh, information is accessible um, on online. There are several reputable sources. So sickle cell disease is an inherited blood disorder in which the red blood cells become sickle shaped and hardened. So when the red blood cells, so the red blood cells actually carry oxygen um, throughout your body and nourish your, your cells. And, and when those cells, and you can see the uh, picture of the sickle cells in, in the background behind me, um, they should be a nice um, uh, concave disc, nice and round. But the sickles, uh, cell, the cells, the red blood cells are misshaped and they, when they get into the small blood vessels and capillaries, they can clog up the capillaries and it makes it very uh, difficult for your body to get the oxygen that it needs. Um, and not only that, when they clog up the small capillaries in, in the lungs and the kidneys and the bones, it can cause a lot of severe pain. Yeah. Um, it, it can cause problems and, and um, even rupture of your spleen. Um, so it, it can actually do a lot of damage um, that, um, you know, patients go to the ER, they're, they're very symptomatic, they're, they're in a lot of pain. It says about one in 13 African-Americans carry the sickle cell trait, and many do not know it. Um, it's, there's an estimated 100,000 people in the United States who have sickle cell disease. Approximately 2,000 babies are born with sickle cell disease annually in the United States. Uh, normally, the uh, diagnosis is made at birth, um, and it says people of many ethnic backgrounds can have sickle cell disease. Uh, Latino, Latinos have the second most common incidence of sickle cell disease uh, in, in the nation. Um, so a lot of it, um, the, a lot of the populations that are most at risk for having sickle cell traits and sickle cell disease are those individuals whose ancestors come from sub-Saharan African um, you know, nations, uh, and also Spanish-speaking regions in the Western Hemisphere and South America, the Caribbean, and Central America, Saudi Arabia, India, and the Mediterranean countries, uh, such as Turkey, Greece, and Italy, also have a higher incidence of sickle cell uh, disease and sickle cell trait, um, but not as high as African Americans. 
Um, the um, some of the uh, signs again uh, of symptoms uh, caused by the sickle cells leads to complications, including chronic, severe, unpredictable pain, anemia, frequent infections, swelling in the extremities, fatigue, delayed growth, uh, kidney disease, stroke, shortened life expectancy, damage to hip joints, uh, pr uh, blindness, vision problems, lung tissue damage. One of the um, things to, that, that we as a society can do to help these patients is donate blood. Um, yeah. You know, these, these individuals, they're anemic, which means they have a low blood count and that causes chronic fatigue and other problems. Um, but the Red Cross is urging uh, individuals to go, go donate blood um, and then which is transfused to help restore uh, normal red blood cells in, into the circulation of these uh, um, affected individuals and to help alleviate a lot of their pain and suffering. It, one thing that the Red Cross uh, stated is that only about 10% of Americans donate blood. And out of those 10%, only 5% of the 10%, only 5% uh, of those blood donations are from African-Americans. And it's important that we, especially as African-Americans, step up and donate blood uh, because we're, our blood is more compatible with you know, African-Americans. We have more of the same blood types right. and subtypes. And so... Right. Um, you know, individuals with same the similar ethnic backgrounds are, are more compatible as far as the blood transfusion. So I've donated blood before. My son uh, routinely donates blood uh, down at the Red Cross, and they are urging individuals uh, not only this month, but throughout the year to, to donate blood. So th that's 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 a little bit about what I wanted to say about uh, sickle cell anemia. So, the, the other thing. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. So, Doc, uh, exactly. How do, how is sickle cell formed in the body? Is this a something you're born with? Is this something that is genetically attached? I mean, what is it to people that may not know? Or okay. you know, what are some of the, what are some of the signs before you even are uh, diagnosed with sickle cell? So yeah, I mean that, that's a great question. So it's a genetically inherited condition, and so you inherit one gene from your mother, one from your father. And if you inherit, um, and, and so your, your mother and father can both be carriers. They, they could have what we call the sickle cell trait. Yeah. And most individuals with sickle cell trait have no symptoms whatsoever. So they may not even know that they have sickle cell trait or, or that they are carriers. And that's one reason why it's, it's recommended that everybody be tested, especially if you're of African-American or Mediterranean descent that you be tested to see if you have a sickle cell trait. Your primary care provider can actually um, run that test. The American Red Cross can, can run that test uh, because it's important to know because if you as a, um, you know, as the father have sickle cell trait and the mother has sickle cell trait, you can actually pass those genes. And if you, if the child inherits both of those genes, those sickle cell traits from each parent, then they, will actually develop sickle cell disease. Right. So if you inherit just one gene from one of your parents and not from the other parent, then you will, you will have sickle cell trait, but you will not have the disease. Right. Okay. right. So yeah, that, that's yeah. very important to know. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that you made that clear because both 
um, both parents do have to have the um, uh, the trait in order for the child to have to have mm -hmm. sickle cell anemia. And um, yeah. now, now my only experience with uh, sickle cell, I did have a a high school um, a a um, guy that I went to high school with. He did have sickle cell anemia for the whole time that we were in high school, and he had very painful um, crises. So and and most of the time the pain happens in, in your joints, and uh, and and he suffered from that through throughout mo uh, most of our time in high school, and the on, the only other experience that I had with sickle cell was that it it was at least the first five questions of my NCLEX exam when I became mm. when I became an RN. So uh, so so we did we did learn a little bit about it in our nursing school, but but uh, but not not really in depth. So, and no, I think it needs I, to be I, yes yeah. yeah. And uh, yes. since then, uh, since then, I I really haven't had that that much experience with it to be to be truthful. Yeah, you know, I think it just needs to be more front and center in the minds of of healthcare providers also because, and I've read accounts in the medical literature, I've spoken to individuals, a lot of these patients are frequent and recurring visitors to the emergency rooms. Right. And when they go, they go in, in severe agony and, and pain and distress. And, and oftentimes it's very difficult for the ER doctors and nurses to control their pain. And unfortunately, sometimes they are labeled as drug seeking, yeah. which is not the case. It's, that's not the yeah. case at all. Yeah. I mean, that's some of the most severe pain that any individual can have. And, and it's so sad to see kids suffering like that and, and adults also. Uh, obviously, uh, we don't want anybody to have pain and suffering like that. But again, there are things that we can do if we would donate more blood, especially as African-Americans, to help alleviate, um, you know, the, the pain and suffering. And again, it, it's chronic. There's there's no cure. There, there actually, you know, bone marrow transplantation uh, is a possibility, but that has uh, many individuals have limited access and not everybody really will qualify for, for a bone uh, marrow transplant. But um, no, it's a very important topic. And again, yes. I talked about how these individuals have a lower life expectancy. Um, you know, this is um, says relative to the um, well, different periods in time, the mortality is decreasing. And a lot of the reason the mortality is decreasing, it's still significantly higher than, than um, individuals without sickle cell. But there are um, a lot of times I, I mentioned that people can uh, become asplenic or the, the, the sickles, those sickled cells can actually um, um, cause destruction of the spleen. Now, the, the spleen is a uh, immunologic or organ. Um, it helps uh, in, within the spleen, we produce some of our immune cells. And when that spleen is knocked out, we are more susceptible to pneumococcal infections and other infections. And, you know, medical science and, and pharmaceuticals have been developed um, to combat a lot of these um, infectious uh, conditions. And so that's one reason we've seen some increase in the lifespan of, of individuals. But again, um, you know, a lot of these individuals are living with chronic pain and, and a lower quality of life. Yes, so definitely. So, so, Doc, the best thing for us as people to do to help with sickle cell, uh, what would you recommend that being? Is it donating blood? Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, it's donating blood, but also it's encouraging other individuals to donate blood also. Okay. And and to be mindful that um, you know these individuals, you know, for for and and if you're a doctor or a nurse or healthcare provider working in an emergency room, you know, be mindful that these individuals truly have pain. They're not there just trying to drug seek and get pain medications. And so, you know, we as healthcare providers need to be more understanding, more compassionate uh, about these patients. And but but the main thing is to spread the word about the importance of blood donation, crit- critically important. And I think that that's something that most people wouldn't know, you know, that uh, donating blood does help uh, towards fighting sickle cell. So how does that treatment go? Do they need a blood transfusion? Is that what this leads to? Oh, yeah, this is this is actually one of the um, diagrams um, from the American Red Cross. Our blood saves lives. Donate today. So, yeah, the the um, so you'll go down to the uh, Red Cross. The Red Cross can actually uh, a lot of times they'll go out to schools and different organizations. They'll, they'll people can put on a blood drive. That's another message. You can uh, go to the Re- American Red uh, Cross website and you can sign up to have a uh, conduct a blood drive. You can actually lead a blood drive yourself. You know, different fraternities, sororities, different uh, organi- organizations, churches can sure. can lead and, and facilitate um, um, recruiting individuals to uh, donate blood. I know when my daughter Sarah was in high school, I think she was a senior. She held a, a blood drive. Um, I believe it was over at the Shaker Public Library. I, I believe it was there, but. Um, so that's another thing you can do um, to encourage others to donate blood. But what it is, you donate blood. The American Red Cross will will screen the blood, process the blood, right. and then um, bank the blood, and then make it available um, to a compatible individual. You have to have a compatible blood type. Um, and and again, we as African Americans donate at very low rates. And like the American Red Blood Red Cross said. Our blood saves lives. Donate today. Right. So we is uh, Kay Davis. Um, has, was she able to log on yet? Or she's having problems with the link. I think. Okay. Uh, so, I'm trying to not text back too much because I don't want my screen to freeze. <laughs> so uh, let me. I'm gonna check back with her momentarily. Give me one second. I'll text her right now again. Okay, Jonathan and I can sing also, but <laughs> hey, you know, duet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we can do a duet. <laughs> so the other thing is, while we're waiting, I, I um, have to mention that this is national. So I'm a urologist. Urologists uh, are physicians and surgeons who uh, treat prostate cancer, and this is National Prostate Cancer Awareness Month and National Prostate Health Month. So it's important for me to just uh, mention uh, a, a few things about prostate disease, prostate health, prostate cancer. Speaking of prostate cancer, it's the second most common cause of cancer deaths in men, only second to lung cancer. And if we can diagnose and, and treat prostate cancer in early stages, the survival is close to 100%. In in the year 2021, this year, it's estimated about 250,000 men in in the United States will be diagnosed with prostate cancer, and they're going to be about 35,000 men dying of the prostate cancer. 
And that, that translates also with respect to the incidence of during their lifetime, about one in nine white men will develop prostate cancer, but about one in six black men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer. Yep. And not only that, African-American men die twice as often from prostate cancer compared to their white male counterparts. And a lot of the higher death rates, it's believed that prostate cancer, and there's, there's ongoing research, but it's believed that prostate cancer uh, in all stages may be more aggressive, inherently aggressive in, in black men. We, we believe that there's a more of a stronger genetic or hereditary component. If you have a, a father or a brother uh, who's had prostate cancer, then your risk goes up uh, for right. developing prostate cancer yourself. But also we think there are many social economic factors, social determinants of health um, that contribute to the higher death rate um, from prostate cancer, not having access to quality health care, uh, disparities in terms of um, treatment recommendations for prostate cancer, cigarette smoking, drinking, um, living uh, in um, polluted, uh, toxic environments, uh, higher levels of stress. Um, can actually contribute not only to prostate cancer, but other uh, cancers and, and high blood pressure and medical diseases, heart, heart problems. Um, so a number of factors, and not just the genetic hereditary components, but the social determinants of health, we believe actually contribute to the higher rates of prostate cancer. But one of the messages, take-home messages is, again, if we could treat, if we, if we can diagnose prostate cancer in early stages, then we can have comparable outcomes of the prostate cancer, um, regardless of your race or ethnicity. And the other thing that men should know is that you don't have to have any signs or symptoms to have prostate cancer. You don't have to have difficulty urinating, blood Absolutely. in the urine, pelvic yeah, pain right. or, or anything. And I see guys all the time, well, doc, you know, I, I feel fine. I don't have any symptoms. I don't need to get checked out. And that's not true, you know. And as you know, Jonathan, uh, black men, African-American men, the, the American Urologic Association recommends that black men should start screening for prostate cancer at age 40 compared right. to white men who don't just start until much later, age 55, unless they have a strong family history. And again, the screening tests are easy. You get a blood test and, and a prostate exam. The uh, PSA. Very, very simple. PSA, very simple. Right. I right. say also every man needs a urologist in addition to a primary care provider because we work with the primary care providers to help the patients interpret the PSA results and, and help advise um, the men in terms of the treatment recommendations and options for them. Uh, one of which for low stage disease is surveillance observation. So it looks like uh, Kay has, uh, has she logged on? I see her name. So it looks like we may have Kay Davis in soon. I see her icon up there. Yes. She's probably getting herself all prettied up and testing her voice, getting a drink of water and, you know. Time to hear some music. <laughs> so, again, everybody that's watching, this is uh, Music and Medicine featuring Dr. Charles Modlin and um, Mr. Jonathan Branch and featuring the lovely voice of Kate Davis. So we should be tuning in pretty soon and hearing some good stuff from her. Good. So, Jonathan, so, um, yes, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to ask you, Dr. Marlin, so how often should you get a, get a PSA? Is that an annual thing 
Um, or, so you know what? It, it, it's uh, it really is is uh, patient specific, and and that's right. the kind of thing that you really need to individually speak with your your physician about. But but right. in general, the the recommendations uh, are based on your decade of life, how old you are, as, as right. in terms of how often you should get it, and and. But I actually generally recommend that the PSA um, be be checked, you know, annually once a year. Okay. Um, some individuals will say every other year. And, and also, again, there's there are some recommendations that um, the prostate cancer screening should stop at the age of 70. But again, I, I don't necessarily myself believe that I think it needs to be individualized. Um, it depends on how healthy or how many other comorbidities the, the individual has. Um, you have to look at their 10 or 15 year uh, expected um, lifespan or survival to determine uh, whether or not to do right. that screening. Yes. Okay. So, so why did they pick 70 uh, specifically? So I guess if you, if you haven't had it yet, you won't get it or. Well, you know what, most. Yeah, most urologists that I know, um, practicing urologists, do not adhere by that age 70. But again, okay. it, it's something that's individualized and discussed between the patient and, and, and the uh, urologist or the primary care provider. Um, okay. But, you know, we're living, you know, longer and longer. Our life expectancy is increasing. Uh, Absolutely. There are differences in life expectancy, um, you, know, in, you know, according to race and ethnicity. But by and large, we're living longer. We're living, um, you know, um, healthier, um, you know, and, and more productive lives uh, to where we can, uh, you know, li live longer. But and, and so we have to take that in consideration, the overall state of health of the individual. Uh, I've actually screened individuals up uh, into their 80s. It really depends um, on the, their particular health circumstances. Okay. Okay. I'm just so do we have any information on the minority men's health um, event that you do uh, time, time and time again for the whole world to benefit from? Is there any new information on that event taking part again? So, yes. Um, so I've transitioned my urology practice over to the Metro Health Medical Center, uh, where I am also the uh, their first uh, medical director of the diversity, equity and inclusion um, department. And that is a great honor. It's a great honor to be there. And, and I, I first and foremost um, want to um, pay tribute and, and express my gratitude to the wonderful healthcare providers I work with uh, for the past 28 years over at Cleveland Clinic. There are some remarkable caregivers there, remarkable uh, people. Uh, it's a great um, uh, medical institution. So I, I, I just want to uh, acknowledge that and, and, and express my uh, gratitude of thanks um, I trained there um, in kidney transplantation, and I practiced in, in urology also. And, and as you said, we, we did a lot of good work for the community. We started our Cleveland Clinic uh, Annual Minority Men's Health Fair and the Minority Men's Health Center and some other health equity initiatives. I have now an opportunity to um, um, take my um, skill sets over to Metro Hospital, and they are doing a remarkable amount of um, work uh, and service to the community. I'm learning on a daily basis uh, more about um, uh, their, their commitment to the community, uh, Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, and, and even beyond. 
Uh, and I'm just proud to be a part of it. I'm proud to help facilitate uh, what's going on and, and develop some other health equity initiatives. Uh, one initiative that we're going to, to um, uh, start over there is our Metro Health Minority Men's Health Fair. It's going to be held Thursday, April the 28th, uh, next year, 2022. And we invite all men, regardless of race or ethnicity, uh, to, to attend the health fair. It's a free health fair. Um, we're going to do screenings from head to toe, offer a, a plethora of health education, you know, education, uh, health education, health literacy, uh, help save lives. It's all about understanding how to better take care of yourself and, and what type of screenings are recommended and at what age you should start uh, getting certain screenings. We're going to have nutritionists, um, social workers, all, all the all types of different specialists there, primary care providers, uh, giving information, giving uh, providing health examinations uh, and uh, a number of, of screenings. Um, so, yeah, you know, everybody can jot it down in your calendar Thursday, April the 28th uh, next year. Metro Health Minority Men's Health Fair. It's going to be held in several different locations uh, throughout the Metro Health uh, Medical Center as well. So, yeah, thanks for um, uh, bringing that up uh, because uh, we we need to start spreading the word about that. And again, by all means, you know, I, I want all of in, all the individuals out there to take advantage of whatever screenings are available, no matter what health care institution you go to. Um, you know, it's all about our commitment to helping uh, provide um, opportunities for you to improve your health and the health of your family. So um, just take advantage of whatever opportunities are out there. But uh, again, I'm proud to be at the Metro Health Medical Center. It's a phenomenal organization. And, and it starts at the top, Dr. Akram Boutros, and, and he's a phenomenal leader. The head of our um, Office of Diversity is uh, Alan Neville, very energetic, and uh, they've welcomed me with open arms. So I'm looking forward to contributing. Okay. Sounds like a good opportunity. Oh, yes, very much so. We're going to get you to come out here uh, from Walter Reed, uh, Jonathan. And, have you do some blood pressure screenings, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, you don't want me in the way, sir. <laughs> You're doing good. Hey, You're doing good. He, he's going to submit a rider before he come out here. Here's my rider, you know? <laughs> well, he'll come out here like uh, – You'll probably fly out here in Air Force One or Air Force Two, right? Yeah. yeah. If they let me borrow it, yeah. So it looks like we have Kay Davis. Um, okay, great. Hey. Yeah, Hi. Hey, she's Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, great. <laughs> Sorry for all the trouble. So, no, we had a great um, medical discussion, and, and, you know, that's, you know, it's uh, music and medicine, so, but uh, people – tuned in primarily to, to hear your lovely voice. Oh, and, and, you know, we, we've actually threatened to sing, but we would have, everybody would have seen it. Yeah. That is funny. So go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience, okay? Well, my name is Kay Davis. Um, I've been singing for a while now. Um, I am an R&B pop artist, and I, I love all kinds of genres of music as long as it's soulful and it touches my heart in some kind of way. And so when I sing, I aim to touch people's heart. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So and we have a red microphone. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's red hot. I like it. <laughs> All right. So, so hey, Miss Davis, what are some of your accomplishments for the people that are unfamiliar 
uh, with who you are and what you've done in the music industry? Well, I've been able to travel quite a bit um, and collaborate with different ones. I recorded in Hong Kong and that was really exciting. Uh, I got to uh, perform in New York, a very, very um, well-known stage there, I think in Queens. Um, and I've been in LA. Um, I recorded my first album in Hollywood Hills. That was really exciting. And yeah, I've been able to uh, meet different ones, stars, and um, actually, uh, who, Raven Simone sang on my one of my songs in, in oh. uh, one, of, one of my recording sessions. She has a beautiful voice too. Okay. So she she really liked one of the songs, and she sang, gave a couple suggestions on it. So <laughs> that's one fun fact. Um, I, I got to I got to do a lot of things. I don't know. I've been I've been a lot of places and just had fun. Uh, we've done music videos um, in California that ha I haven't even released that I still hold on to, uh, but I will. And I've released the one that's on YouTube now that was done in Miami, Florida. And that was fun. Uh, there's a story behind that one. If you watch it, you could probably just tell what the story is. So just go watch it. <laughs> it's called He Is. Okay. <laughs> I'm writing it's that a, down now. It's, yeah. it's a, <laughs> you'll you'll figure it out. It's a love song, and then so you'll be like, "Aw." So, <laughs> yeah, I like love songs. All right. So at some point, we want to zoom in on Jerome because he'll be having the Kleenex, you know, wiping his eyes. You know, I'm sure. <laughs> does, he, does he get moved by love songs? <laughs> that was a low blow, man. <laughs> I didn't know we added comedy to music and medicine. Oh, yeah. Music, medicine, and comedy music now. And comedy. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll so, yeah you, go, we're we'll waiting for you, young party. lady. You know, everybody's okay. just anxious to see, uh, to hear your voice. You know? All right. Well, that's and awesome. Now, and now with the red microphone, Kay Davis. Well, thank you. Let's see if you can hear this music really quickly. If not, I'll do a couple things. But let's see. And you guys let me know. Can you hear that? Nobody can hear, can hear that? No. A no. little bit. You can maybe increase the volume. Maybe. Okay, that's just for me. I have it coming through a different system, so I'll have to play oh. it through my speakers. So we're gonna do things a bit different. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do things a bit different. I might have to cut off my mic. It's your dance floor. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it work. It's okay, whatever we gotta do. Um, yeah, so. Okay, so we're gonna change it up a little bit. This is gonna be the first time uh, let's see here. Okay. Just give me, I would say, a minute and a half. No problem. It gives Jonathan and Jerome time to get their dancing shoes on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Jonathan, for everybody out there. Yeah. Do you, uh, what do you suggest, uh, what's the most important thing us as minority men uh, that we should do proactively to help turn this thing around as far as when it comes to uh, the disparity amongst uh, our race? 
you mean as far as healthcare? Yeah, what's the most important thing in your eyes that uh, we're not doing right now that we should start doing? Well, I think more exposure, more uh, more programs like this, more more education. Uh, um, I think I think we can start there, and I think Kay is trying to start. So let's let her do her thing. Can you guys still hear me? Oh yes. 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 Am I very loud? No. No, you're, you're good. Because I can you're turn fine. it down. All right. Is the music loud enough? I think so. Yeah. Because if it isn't, I can turn the music up and I can level better. What do you guys think? Maybe the music down just to scope. Just yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let me turn this mic down so it doesn't peak. All right. Sorry I have to do this in front of you guys. I had it set up a different way. It's my fault, guys. Blame me. Okay, guys, you tell me when it's comfortable. Is it comfortable yet? To me, it is. I think so. To me, it is, yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. Trusted friend, on you I can depend. Yeah, 
from the pain and you bring me paradise yeah happy days you brought sunshine in my life to me the first time i saw your face fall so deep in love love can't be outstanding um just makes you want to just it, it energizes me music energizes me makes me be more productive and relaxes me at the same time thank you hey thank, thank watch you. yourself doc you said make you just want i said hold up doc <laughs> yeah, yeah. it makes me want to just get get things done and get things going you know yeah yeah so, yeah. yeah energy beautiful beautiful it's that was and it's hard to uh, yeah, that was outstanding. Do that song the right way, and that was beautifully uh, put. I, I like that. Thank you. I hope the levels were okay. It was the best I could do right yeah. then and there. So thank you. Yeah, it was wonderful. Perfect. perfect. If I if I had to do yeah. it again, not that I would be able to do it again. I, I would love to be a, a entertainer, a singer. You know, that'd be never, awesome. I never had that skill set, so uh, I you know just marvel at at, at your talents. It's just very deep inside. You got to dig for it. <laughs> hey, what what do I hear a remix? K. Davis featuring uh, Dr. Charles Mylon and Jonathan Branch on the hook. <laughs> hey, I, I, I was singing so. background. I was singing background. I don't think you could, you know, I don't think you could hear me very well, but I was singing back. I was back. I, I think I felt. Uh, I felt you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Kay, where can we find you? Sure. Um, you can find me primarily at K 
davislive.com. That's K-D-A-V-I-S-L-I-V-E.com. I'd love for you to go there, scroll to the bottom, and put your email in. That way, everything that I have coming up, I just send out an email and let people know, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I have new music, too, so I'm very excited about that. I'm definitely going to send an email out. All right. Yeah, we're going to do that. I'm going to blast that out on my social media as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Because my, my website has everything else. It has my um, Instagram. It has my YouTube, which is K Davis Live. Everything is K Davis Live. So a lot of people don't know, Jonathan, that um, a lot of times when we're in the operating room uh, doing surgery procedures, we um, we have music playing in the background. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, again, it just keeps us going and, and uh, energized. And, and your music would be great um, to, for us to play, you know, while we're while we're doing our thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we do the same thing in the cath lab. We have music yeah. very often. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I think music allows you to, um, your brain to just, you know, um, I would say like work on a whole nother level, a creative level. It does. It's it motivating. Does. It's motivating. It is. It, it is, is definitely. Sometimes it helps me. We have a couple of comments faster. here. They said beautifully sung. Oh, thank you. Music in the ER, beautifully sung. Accessing oh. uh, care benefits commented. On that, mm -hmm. yeah, they said he loved your voice. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate yeah. you guys. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, no, you're you're going to be playing in my uh, AirPods, you know, from, from now on. You know? Yeah, yeah. I listen to music when I'm walking into the hospital, when, when I'm walking out of the hospital, when I'm sitting in my office, you know, working on the computer. Awesome. Uh, it's there all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, can we hear some more? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I would love to. Okay, one second. There we go. And play you something in the meantime here. <laughs> so I'm about to get uh, something else going really quickly. song but people tend to like it it's it's heartfelt so I like it is the music high enough for you guys yeah I think so okay. yes you don't know babe oh I forgot to push uh, one sec we're good now Kiss me slowly, 
It's the sweetest thing And it don't change If I had it my way You would know that you are oh, You're the coffee that I need in the morning You're the sunshine when it rains, when it's pouring You'll just give yourself to me Give it all. I just want to see. I just want to see how beautiful you are. You know that I see it. I know you're a star. Where you go, I'd follow. No matter how far. If life is a movie, oh, you're the that the first 30 minutes of the show man you know <laughs> yeah they were probably they were probably saying that we you know tell tell maudlin to stop talking you know so. yeah exactly that was worth the wait though that was worth the wait definitely i really appreciate you guys like really <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we're up on the hour, but it's up to you um, whether you can do one more or not. I mean, it's uh, and we would love to have you back at another time as well. But, you know, it's up to you whether or not you can stay for one more song or not. Yay! 
know, you know, I will. You know, I will. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'm gonna put a vote in for you to see if we can bring you back uh, and and you know rerun this again. Yeah. <laughs> Got to talk to the fellas, but if you guys are okay with it, you know, we'll see how that goes. Absolutely. That would be lovely. Yeah. Thumbs I would up. Definitely. Okay. Kdavislive.com. Kdavislive.com. Yes. I just yes. sent my email. So. <laughs> All right. So go. I'm going to let you guys um, choose this one. It's between My Shetty Amor or If You Love Me by Brownstone. I'm old school. My Shetty Amor. <laughs> I knew that already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The comments are just raw. You got a comment section going crazy. They saying, run it back. She's very talented. It's all kind of stuff. My shaddy amor. Lovely. I think I have to turn the mic up, but how was the love? Was the music too loud over me? No. No. It's good. Okay. All right. Okay. Da 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 my shaddy amore, distance as the Milky Way. My shaddy amore, pretty little one that I adore. You're the only one my heart beats for. How I wish that you were mine. In a cafe or sometimes on a crowded street i've been near you but you never notice me my shaddy amore pretty little one that i adore you're the only one my heart beats for how i wish that you were mine hey da, 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 da. Do, 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 do. Someday you'll see my face among the crowd. Or maybe someday, sir, your little distant cloud. My shaddy amor, pretty little one that I adore. You're the only one my for how I wish that you were mine. 
Wonderful. <laughs> you see the mid decision in my face. I was like, should I go for it? I was like, ah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great uh, selection. I mean, lovely voice, great uh, performance. I, I know the audience loved it. A lot of great comments. Oh, yeah. A lot of comments, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for showing everybody that, you know, I know you've got your audience, and I appreciate my audience also for coming and supporting me and supporting the show. It's a very good platform. I watched your previous shows, and, you know, that that was nice discussion, things that I learned from those. So I'm glad that we were all able to come together, and I love you guys, and thank you for having me here, and I hope to be back. We love you, and uh, we definitely want you back if you'll agree to come back. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, not, it's a bet. It's a deal. Okay. <laughs> well, enjoy your evening. Enjoy the rest of your night. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Kay. Okay. Bye. Take, take Bye -bye. care, everybody. See you next time. Okay. All right. God bless everybody. Till next time. Right. Till next time. Bye, everybody.